Blog Talk Radio. You know what that means? I'm just stop all that noise over there. <laughs> the gummy bear factory is in full force today. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying to make noodles and noodles, guys. Oh man, I feel like I feel like a big dick. I'm almost done. I promise. It's about to go into the microwave. All right. I feel like one of those wet dicks. And Monster Hunter. <laughs> I guess I should, should explain that yet? so people know what that is. Oh, no, I haven't played it since the last time we played. <laughs> oh, man. I played for like seven hours yesterday. <laughs> it was fantastic. <clears throat> I finally beat the story of the game, but apparently the game comes in three arcs. So I thought I was going. Oh, really? Place, but now I feel like I'm just backing up to the beginning. So now I need to make money. <laughs> so what are the other arcs then? Are they could they come later? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So for everybody at home, uh, if you in case you haven't played Monster Hunter World yet, I'm just gonna say that this is one of the greatest games I've I've personally ever played. Now I know that this <laughs> isn't gonna be a game for everybody. I just know that it's true. this game can be very difficult. It can be kind of frustrating. It's a lot of just going out, killing stuff, coming back and then going back and killing stuff and going back until you can find enough stuff to make armor or weapons. And I can see where that's frustrating, but the game does a good job at, like, mixing it up by, like, putting in uh, little different animals that you can capture, kind of like Pokemon style, which I've learned there are so many more than what I thought. Um, There's also a lot of different things you can do in the game uh, besides just uh, go out and kill stuff. You can go out and capture the larger monsters. You can go out on just, like, uh, different quests to just uh, look for different items that people are looking for to upgrade your specific area called Astera, like the main town or main hub world. Um, You can do all sorts of other things than just go out and kill stuff. Yes, that's the meat and potatoes of this game, but uh, it's super, super fun. Um, I've literally just... I keep running into new monsters, and there's a whole other area that I still haven't even unlocked yet. So there's so much to this game. Really? It's fascinating. Um, but, yeah, so after the main arc, uh, which I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but you're, the main arc, you're doing something with this giant monster. that You're trying to investigate it and uh, blah, blah, blah. The, the story is the only thing that's not very strong in this game. But whatever. <laughs> so after this... Um, uh, you've learned that some of the other monsters from the other habitats have started crossing over into different habitats. Like, I found a Puke Puke, which is a giant, like, lick-a-tongue bird thing uh, flying around in the wild spires. And they're stronger now. <laughs> so I you're know. just like, oh. <laughs> so now you're, now you're trying to readjust. But the cool part is, 
when you fight the giant monsters or the the harder versions of these things, which are called high ranks, um, you get a different version of their armor. So, like, there's a a crazy looking version of the Puke Puke armor now, which looks so cool. It's like you're wearing a superhero cape. It looks so awesome. Oh. Um, but there's <laughs> so many amazing things. Oh, I yeah, this is very true. But ah, uh, man, uh, once you unlock this new area, you get these uh, new high rank armors, and they come in an alpha and a beta style. And it and they it doesn't one's not better than the other. It's just how you want to play with that specific style. But when you want to start getting into the later, like harder monsters, you're going to have to start using these high rank armors because these harder monsters are very much harder. So they're going to take you're going to take a hit, but. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've I've been having so much fun with this game. Um, oh man, it's great, super great. <laughs> yes, it's been much of your time, I can tell, over the last week and a half or so since they released this game. <laughs> this is very true. And the crazy thing is, is like this is a game that I was like on the fence of getting because I was like, oh well, I don't know if I wanted to get it, and I wasn't sure if this is something that I would like. And it's literally going to be what like I was making an RPG just like this. It was a game that I could farming in this game. You can go fishing in this game. Uh, you can create your own room. The character creator is amazing in this game. There's so many things you could do in this game. I was like, Jesus, this, this might depending on how this next arc goes, this could literally be my favorite game that I've ever played. It's just wow. called me on every every note that I look for in a game. Like Diablo, my favorite thing to do is run around hack and slash and kill stuff and then get cooler gear. That's what I'm doing in this game. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, I love True. this game. Fantastic. It's like it's tailor-made for you. Yep. It's like you made it in a computer. <laughs> to paraphrase a line from Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. All right, but um, I guess let's get into the uh, the main subject of today's show. Um, today we're going to finally put a cap on the 2017 year in movies and talk about the shitball movies of the year. The uh, the 20 worst movies that I saw, uh, I guess I can't really call them the 20 worst movies because there's probably some other terrible movies that I didn't even bother to see, like Transformers. <laughs> I ain't yeah. seen that. I <laughs> just can't do it to myself. <laughs> I forgot that movie even came out, so we're all good. <laughs> so some are so bad, even I won't go see them. But these are the 20 worst ones that I did see. I'm going to try to go through them fairly quickly, except for the, the first uh, one, my number 20. That one might spend a little bit of time on, but the rest I'm going to try to rip through fairly quickly. <laughs> Wait, did you um, say 20? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did for the top uh, top movies of the year, so I figure it's only fair. Oh, I thought you did 15. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did want to mention number 21, just missed the cut, uh, but also terrible, uh, was King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. That movie was fucking terrible. <laughs> Starring Charlie Hunnam, basically doing the story of King Arthur. Uh directed by Guy Ritchie, and he was doing it in a very Guy Ritchie style, which did not fit what was going on there. It's very, like, modern, fast editing and, like, fast talking and 
using like practically using modern lingo <laughs> at the time is like all oh, this this just does not fit at all. And like they kind of skipped over, like didn't have Merlin or like any of the cool stuff. Like at the very end, they mentioned like, oh, uh, like here's a round table. I guess we'll have that. But it kind of it was trying to push all that good stuff about the Arthur story like into the second one, which nobody saw this one. So clearly, you're not going to get a second one. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, well, that yeah. was fucking stupid. <laughs> the old Super Mario Brothers problem of setting up a sequel that you're never going to get. Huh. Weird. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my honorable mention there. Uh, number 20, this one, uh, this is going to be a very divisive one. I wish you had seen this movie so that we could, you know, have a discussion about it. But <laughs> I know a lot of people love this movie, and people were, you know, banding about that it should get an Oscar nomination, and it did somehow get a nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay, which is just a fucking joke to me. Um, but number 20 on my list is Logan. I fucking hated Logan. <laughs> I don't understand why people like it. There's wow. nothing redeeming about this movie except for the fact that you finally get to see Wolverine kill people and, like, use the claws to their full extent. But even then, it's like he's so old and his healing factor sucks that it's it's still not really Wolverine. It's just this old man who's, like, getting shot and actually getting hurt, which... I want Wolverine, if I want to see Wolverine being, you know, a killing machine, I want him at full killing machine status. (laughs) Not like, oh, I'm going to drive a cab, or I'm going to drive a limo now. This is my life, driving around rich kids in limos. Like, that's not Wolverine. That's not something Wolverine would ever do. Even if Wolverine had to get, like, a real job, I could never in a million years see him driving a limo. He would be, like, a farmer or something, or work at a bar maybe, but... No, I just, I don't understand that whole aspect of it, for one. And wow. then otherwise, whether you, I like, to, I do appreciate the fact that they tried to do something different with a comic book movie and not just do the same type of formulas and the same type of tropes and everything. And this one was kind of, I guess, trying to be more of like a drama, almost more than a, than a superhero movie. But the problem is it didn't work on either level. As a superhero movie, it didn't work, and as a drama, it didn't work. (laughs) If you're just looking at it as a straight drama, it was so boring. There's, like, a part where he just helps some people whose horses have escaped on the highway, and he's helping them, like, wrangle them, and it was so boring. (laughs) It's like, if this was just a drama about old people, I still wouldn't find this interesting, because it's not interesting at all. And basically, all your characters are stupid, and I hate them all. You've got Wolverine and Professor X are your main characters. Professor X is like 90-something years old at this point. He's got dementia, so most of the time he doesn't even remember who he is. He's just, you know, completely almost comatose, just sitting in his chair, not knowing what the hell is going on. But Wolverine's doing all he can to keep him alive, even though Professor X has already had a couple of incidents where he killed people because he's old and senile and his powers got out of control and he just, you know, exploded people's brains. So this guy is a danger to all, everyone around. But Wolverine is trying so hard to keep him alive. Even though his quality of life is terrible, they're basically living in like a abandoned water tank thing. Like he's just keeping him up there. So why are you trying so hard to keep this guy alive? I don't understand. He, like basically you find out Professor X killed all the other X-Men. Because his brain got out of control. So, 
why are you trying so desperately to keep this guy alive? I don't understand that. Uh, Wolverine, again, he's very old. He's dying for some unknown reason. Um, I guess the adamantium is poisoning him, but why now after 40-something years of having it in him? It's like, oh, now this is poisonous to me. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And everyone he knows is dead except for for Professor X, who's going to die any day now, probably anyway. So why should I really care what happens to either of these two? (laughs) There's nothing left for them to live for. So why do I want to watch their adventures and hope that they make it out of this okay? Like, who cares? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and as a superhero movie, it's terrible in that regard, too, because nothing really happens. He's basically going up against, like, you think, oh, this is, the, you know, this is the end of the Wolverine arc in the movies. Like, this is Hugh Jackman's final performance. You know, Wolverine basically dies at the end. Spoiler alert. I don't think anybody didn't see that coming. But you think, okay, this is going to be Wolverine's last adventure. They're going to do something really cool. They're going to really wrap up the storyline with Sabretooth, who's like his brother in the movies. They'll do something with that, or maybe Weapon X will come back, and it'll be some you know, big tie-up with that whole thing. No, not really. <laughs> Just a bunch of faceless thugs with machine guns basically shooting him and shit like that. Um, it's a very Weapon X-like type of organization, but they're not Weapon X. They're just like the cheap Mexican equivalent. It's like, <laughs> so it's not very satisfying at all on that level either. It's not like, oh, this is some big epic adventure. Like, nope, he's just going up against some random people. <laughs> not really any supervillains. And they throw like a Wolver- a young Wolverine clone at him, which is just fucking stupid. Jeez. Everybody always complains that, like, in these superhero movies, that basically the villain is just, like, another version of the hero. You know, like, Iron Man will fight, like, a bigger Iron Man, like, in the first one. <laughs> but this it literally was exactly that. We'll just have a clone of him. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty great movie. I don't even though, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to take this. News, because I haven't. The only person I've ever heard dislike this movie is you so far. <laughs> I know. I think Larry from the LCS Hockey Show was kind of on my side. He said it was pretty boring, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't understand the love for this movie. It just did not work on any level. Um, people are like, oh god, they were like people talking about how they were crying at the end. Like, who cares? <laughs> Hugh Jackman was a terrible Wolverine. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I never bought him as Wolverine, not once. So the end of his era doesn't phase me at all. Wow. I actually like Hugh Jackman <laughs> as Wolverine. I just nah, never I never, I never bought it. They were, they were just bad movies. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart, like, he is the perfect person to play Professor X. But even that, it's like, well, they fucked it up in every movie. <laughs> they made every movie terrible, so, again, I don't care. <laughs> he should have been the perfect person. He really, I mean, he looks like it. He's got the right attitude. He, his performance has never been a, the bad, the problem. It's just the way they were, like wrote all those movies that were so stupid. <laughs> and they got X-23, like, the you know, his... 
the uh, I guess they tried to make her his daughter when really she's just a female clone of him. But basically, she's like a non-character in this movie because she's basically mute for the first half, and then like later in the movie, you find out that she can speak, but she speaks Spanish, and there's like no subtitles. So it's like, all right, uh, you're a fucking waste. I know nothing about you. <laughs> oh, that's doofus. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I've mentioned this before, but I'm not a big fan of mute characters other than maybe Silent Bob, which really only, (laughs) the only one that passes. (laughs) Other than that, I've kind of got no use for him. What if it's like a really badass mime? (laughs) Oh. I mean, that could be interesting. There's a, there's this Doomsday Clock comic. Yeah. There's this, uh, Doomsday Clock comic that DC is doing where it's basically combining like a crossover between the Watchmen and like the DC heroes. And uh, they introduce these two villains from the Watchmen universe, one of whom is like a mime. And like when he makes like finger guns or something, any type of weapon he does mime for, like is actually real. (laughs) Now that's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty cool. (laughs) So far, I gotta say, I I kind of like that. <laughs> it's been pretty good so far. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. what's number nineteen? <laughs> yeah. The rest of these should be uh, should be a lot quicker. <laughs> um, number nineteen was the big sick. Uh, this was that Kamel Nanjani. Uh, I guess a movie that was kind of biographical about, I guess, how he met his wife um, in real life. Uh, he basically plays himself. There's some other actress playing his wife, um, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> Even though I think she wrote the movie with him, the real wife, but I don't know. Um, this movie, like I said, I think I mentioned this before at some point, but this movie would have been fine if it was just classified as a drama. Um, as a drama, it kind of works. It's basically, you know, he meets this girl, and then he's kind of like, oh, I don't think we should be together because my, my parents are, like, Indian. They're not going to like me dating a white girl. And she ends up getting sick, and she's, like, in the hospital in a coma for a long time, and he's kind of going to visit her at the hospital and kind of dealing with her parents and getting to know them and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, and so as a drama, it was fine, but this movie was built as a comedy, and there was nothing remotely funny <laughs> about any moment of this movie. Not a one. Damn. <laughs> I couldn't even, half the time, like, I couldn't tell you what was supposed to be a joke, because I, I couldn't, like, usually movies, they're bad, you still like, oh, okay, I get it, this was supposed to be a joke, I'm just not laughing. This, I don't know. <laughs> not even sure, because it was just way, it was just not funny, <laughs> not, in, not in the least. Damn. Anything that you could, anything that was supposed to be funny clearly was not. Like it was just, oh, like that hurts me to hear this because it's so unfunny. But most of the time it's just like, where are the jokes? <laughs> Is anything funny going to happen in this movie? <laughs> so that was my problem with the big sick. <clears throat> I've never heard of it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you're not missing much. Uh, number 18 was a remake uh, of a movie that came out in the early 90s, probably like 91, I don't know, maybe 1990 itself, uh, called Flatliners. Did you ever see the original Flatliners? 
Uh, no, but uh, uh, that's with Kiefer Sutherland, I believe. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. It's got a great cast, like Kiefer Sutherland, um, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, uh, Oliver Platt, I think Stephen Baldwin, one of the other Baldwins that ne- that's not Alec. <laughs> but that's got a really good cast. Uh, that was like a Joel Schumacher movie, but it was it was really good. That one, I stand by that one. That one's pretty solid. Uh, this new one, basically, it was just kind of Ellen Page and that stupid Diego Luna and Nina Dobrev. I think it's from like the Vampire Diaries or something like that. So not nearly the uh, the level of cast that the old one had. Um, and this one, Kiefer Sutherland was actually in this movie, but playing a different character for some unknown reason. Like it could have very easily been the same that? character. He's yeah, he was like a medical student in the old one, and this one he's a doctor who's teaching at a medical school. Like that could have very easily been what that guy is doing now. So why, why not just let this be a sequel? I, I don't understand. It didn't make any sense. It was distracting as hell. Um, but yeah, this one just kind of. The old one kind of had a had a look to it and a style, whereas this one was just kind of flat and stupid, and characters made dumb decisions even more so than in the first one, and it just looked worse. Like the old one had a cool charm, like it had this a certain look to it, whereas this one just felt like all these other horror movies they make nowadays, and you know it was just shitty. <laughs> it lacked all the style of the old one. <laughs> so, once again, stick with the original, skip the reboot, as you can do with most of these things. <laughs> Very rarely do they pan out. Yep. That's why um, I wish they'd 17, stop this one. Stuff. Yep. Yes, they keep doing it. I don't know why. 17, you might yep. have heard of this one. Uh, this was big. I mean, they pushed this one a lot. They played a lot of commercials for it. I know that. Um, but Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starring Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne. Um, Green Goblin. This was just not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This thing was really, really long, and most of it was like side quests. Like, they had kind of a mission that they were doing, but most of the movie was side quests. They would get distracted doing this thing, and then, like, oh, she's captured. I got to go save her, but not by people who were involved with this. Just like, oh, this totally other, you know, side mission. And it just dragged the movie out needlessly. And, I mean, I guess there were some really good-looking visuals in this movie, but the characters were just stupid. And, like, Dane DeHaan's kind of playing, like, the cocky, like, hero type, kind of like a space Indiana Jones. And this is just not the kind of role that is suited for him, I would say. <laughs> he's great in certain things. Like, Chronicle, he's amazing. Um, he's in even, uh, what was it, The Cure for Wellness last year, I thought he was pretty good. But he's just not meant to play like that, you know cocky hero type he's better at being more like villains or people who have kind of dark side of some kind like that um and then Cara Delevingne she's just not a spectacular actress at all 
No. She uh, doesn't really have like great comedic timing or anything like that. So the two of them together really She's just very did not have cute. chemistry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> when she keeps her eyebrows trimmed, <laughs> she's pretty cute. <laughs> but yeah, they they just did not work together. So, <laughs> but then I saw another movie, actually one of the movies coming up on this list, about a month later that they were both in, and I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was number seventeen. Uh, number 16, oh, actually, this is the movie that I was just talking about. The other movie that starred Dane DeHaan, and, well, Cara Delevingne's a very minor role in this movie, uh, but this was a movie called Tulip Fever. Um, basically, oh, what was her name? Um, Alicia Vikander, who is the girl who's playing uh, the new Laura Croft in uh, that Tomb Raider movie. It's basically like a period piece set some couple hundred years ago back in like, I think it was Denmark, I want to say. There was like this big tulip craze where people were, there was a big market for tulips. People were like breeding them and selling the bulbs for like thousands and all the rich people were just going crazy trying to buy them because they were obsessed with tulips. And so there's this huge market and speculate, like people selling it like they were stocks almost. Um, and set against this is basically Christoph Waltz buys Alicia Vikander as his wife, essentially. Um, he's like an old, you know, an old man. He's trying to put a baby in her. <laughs> it's just not working out. Um, but she ends up falling in love with this young painter who is hired to paint a portrait of her and her husband, basically. Uh, and that's Dane DeHaan. He's the painter. And so she kind of starts having an affair with him. And then there's also a side thing where their maid, one of their maids, turns out gets pregnant by her boyfriend. And she has to cover this up because she, she's going to get fired, basically, if they find out she's having a kid out of marriage. So it's a whole, like, farce, basically, where Alicia Vikander is pretending to be pregnant and they're trying to hide the maid's pregnancy. And then, basically, when the maid gives birth, she's going to pretend that, you know, it was Alicia Vikander's baby. And it's just, it's, it was stupid as hell. It couldn't tell if it was trying to be serious or just a complete, like, Three Stooges-type farce with trying to pretend, like, that she was pregnant and stuff. And, like, oh, like, they were both, like, moaning clearly from one room, and, like, nobody hears this? Like, the guy's in the other room. How does he not hear that both of them are making noises? Like, that's weird. Sounds pretty great. (laughs) Zach Galifianakis is in it. He's, like weirdly serious like they don't even make any like <laughs> they don't even try to make him be funny or anything and uh, he just kind of shows up and eats an onion at one point uh, it was so dumb <laughs> it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen <laughs> sounds very good actually <laughs> yeah so Tulip Fever definitely skip that one uh, let's see number 15 Ah, uh, it was a little movie starring The Rock and Zac Efron, Baywatch, the uh, the yep. long-awaited, I guess, adaptation of the TV show Baywatch. Um, this was just bad. I mean, it was a comedy. It was just not funny. Um, the jokes were kind of just really missed the mark. Uh, it would be higher on the list, but... Honestly, like, both The Rock and Zac Efron did fine in their roles. Like, I can't really fault them. It was just the material, really, that was 
that was bad. On uh, this movie also did have uh, Alexandra Daddario, who is just like she is just ridiculously good looking in everything. Um, and she definitely was in this movie as well. And she's pretty. She was. She was good too. Like her acting is is great. Actually, she was pretty. She was pretty funny. Um, well, not funny because the movie was not funny, but she had good good chemistry with the other guys at least. So it was like the actors were fine. It was just the movie itself was just not funny. <laughs> I guess that was that was the problem. And kind of That's like inconsistent too, like. <laughs> Zach Efron's supposed to be like really stupid but then sometimes he'd be really like re- insanely stupid and sometimes he'd just be like oh a normal guy so it was like they couldn't quite keep their script straight on what was going on there weird <laughs> yep that's for sure uh, let's see number 14 it was a movie uh, I put off seeing for weeks. Um, I did not see it when it came out. I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to see it. <laughs> not gonna. But then, like, three weeks later, like, there was nothing. Like, whatever Thursday that was, it was just nothing. Nothing coming out that week. So I was like, fuck. I guess I'll go see Power Rangers. <laughs> and I immediately yeah. regretted that decision. <laughs> I hated that movie. It was just... (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) It kind of just takes all the charm out of Power Rangers. And they're not even in the suits very much. Like, they do a whole thing where, like, oh, they become the Power Rangers, but then you have to, like... You all have to be on the same page before you can actually turn into the Power Rangers and, like, get your suits and stuff. Like, you all got a mind melt. So there's all kind of training of them fighting fake rock monsters and, like, a hologram and trying to morph but not being able to. And that's most of the movie. Like, they don't probably become Power Rangers till the last, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very little of that. And just all the stupid stuff of like even once they're in the Zords, it's like let's take our masks off. It's like no, how about you don't? <laughs> People might still see you somehow. What if you get thrown out? Uh-huh. <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> and just like Goldar making him just a complete gold thing, like a creature just made of gold, was so dumb. Like that's just so on the nose and, and it takes out everything that was cool about Goldar. <laughs> like the cool monster face was the best. Yeah, that's true. And this Goldar, I mean, he wasn't even a character. Like he couldn't talk. He couldn't do anything. He's basically like the destroyer in the first Thor, which is like a mindless metal machine that, you know, someone else is controlling essentially. So it's like, eh, that ain't that cool. <laughs> And there was weird product placement in this thing, too. Like, they make a huge deal about Krispy Kremes the entire time. Like, like, like the source of, like, the evil or, like, the power that Rita needs to, like, take over the world is, like, below a Krispy Kreme. And they make a huge deal about, oh, that's under the Krispy Kreme. We got to go to Krispy Kreme. They must mention Krispy Kreme, like, eight times within, like, a five-minute span. Is that a bad like, well, thing, clearly... though, to have so much Krispy Kreme? <laughs> Uh, kind of. <laughs> so when Rita stops, like she's like, "Oh, this is delightful." It's like, well, now I'm just watching a Krispy Kreme commercial in the middle of this fucking movie. 
All right. You, you got a solid point now. <laughs> I don't need this in my life. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Well, number 13. 13. Number 13. Uh, this would be higher, except for the fact that. Except for the fact for what? Oh no! You go into the problems I have with the Oh, Kevin, I can't hear you. It sounds like you're screaming from the other side of the room. Uh oh. There. Now you. Hello. Now I can kind of hear you. There we go. That better. Sweet. Yep. All right. Well, my number 13, um, as I was saying, like, we've talked about this a bunch, um, so I'm not going to go too deeply into it. Um, I had many problems with this movie, (laughs) as we've discussed. Um, Number 13 is Justice League. I'm shaking my head at you. (laughs) I know, I know. We won't we won't delve into that again really, except that it was just a mess of a movie. Um clearly two you know, the two different directors were taking it in different directions and it didn't really meld well together. Uh the whole Superman mustache thing was horribly distracting. <laughs> the CGI throughout was just terrible, um and looked like a cartoon. And the flash, I mean that was number one, was just the flash has to go. <laughs> he is just the worst. He ruins everything. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> but we'll talk about that more someday, I'm sure. <laughs> we got to get Frank on the show. I'm sure he'll weigh in yeah. on this. <laughs> but I have to well, have a <laughs> But yeah, good old Justice League. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around over there. They hired a new, another new head of the DC studio, <laughs> as they do about once every year. I'm sure that'll make all the difference. There's going to be changes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good times. All right, number 12. Oh, where is number 12? Did I skip number 12? Oh, there it is. Resident Evil, the final chapter. Oh, yeah. Only good things to be said about this one. I saw this very, very early on in the year. And I've forgotten most of it because it was just not good. But, yeah, it was terrible. Like, those movies, I mean, are pretty stupid overall. I mean, there's a lot of dumb stuff, but at least some of them are more entertaining than others. This one, I can't even really say it was entertaining. Um, just the way they started it out. with like they ended the movie before this with the big, they're all at the White House, and, like, the the armies of the undead are attacking the White House. They're all on top, like, having a big standoff. You're like, all right, I can't wait for the next one. That's going to look cool as hell. And this movie opens after that battle has already taken place. Apparently, everyone except Alice is dead. (laughs) Just died off screen, and we'll never get to see it. And 
she's just waking up like a long time after the spell has already taken place. It's like, oh, well, that was fucking stupid. So they set it up for something that they didn't even pay off. And instead we just get <laughs> just get a boring movie of her trying to go after Umbrella again and the the Red Queen thing or whatever it was, the little girl's back and you find out all kind of stuff about that storyline and there's, you know, a big twist at the end which I don't know, who cares? <laughs> Because that whole stuff, like, none of, most of the characters that are really at the heart of this were not in the games, so it's like, ah, I mean, do I really care? No. <laughs> Damn. They brought back Allie Larder in this one. That was good. At least she was somebody from the games. <laughs> Is she the chick from, uh, something? what's her face? Oh, uh, man, I can't remember her name. I think uh, she was Claire. I can't even remember now, but I want to say she was Claire Redfield. Final Destination check, is that her? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Yep. I like her. She doesn't get enough jobs. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Number 11. Number 11 is, oh, Wish Upon. This, uh, again, this should be higher, but there's just so many terrible movies. (laughs) Wish Upon was a terrible attempt at a horror movie. (laughs) Um, It was, it's kind of like attempting to be the Wishmaster, but like a teenage version of the Wishmaster where there's not even a Wishmaster who's like, you know, there's an evil genie essentially in the Wishmaster called the Jin. This doesn't even have that. It just has a box, like a wishing box, like a Chinese w- wishing box, which I don't even didn't even know that was a thing. But, and it gives you like seven wishes and this girl finds it. And she is just the worst. Like, she is a terrible character. She's a terrible person who uh, I, you don't ever feel any sympathy for. Her. Uh, she just sucks on every level. <laughs> and everything she does with the box is stupid. She starts realizing that her, it's killing basically the people she loves in consequence of these wishes. Like, she'll make a wish and, you know, she'll get something good, but somebody she loves dies. And she's just eventually like, I don't care. <laughs> and by the end, she's like, oh, well, she's, she decides to kind of take it back, even though she already knows by this point that if you use the box, like, you're going to die. She just kind of figures, oh, I'll go back in time to before I found the box. That'll fix it. And, of course, guess what happens? <laughs> she uses her last wish, so she gone. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Just the, the dialogue in this thing was terrible. Everything about it was terrible. The characters were useless. Uh, it was just, it was really bad. There's so many plot holes. Um, I guess this is the kind of thing where if you're watching it with like a group, you can probably have a lot of good laughs at just how terrible it is. <laughs> but oh, me like seeing the it in the theater, I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> But you know what it does have? It has the actress who played Barb in it as one of the friends. That's what we all needed oh. in our lives. Oh, God. <laughs> Basically playing present-day Barb <laughs> without glasses. But pretty much the same thing otherwise. <laughs> one note. Yep. 
Yep, yep. She doesn't have a whole lot of range, that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> number 10 is a movie that you said you were going to see in the theater, but you never did. <laughs> you were so excited when this was coming out. <laughs> and yet somehow I saw it, <laughs> and you didn't. <laughs> Geostorm. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you saw it. Oh, God. <laughs> I've heard nothing but bad things about that movie. Yep. And and they're all deserved. It was uh it was not a good movie. And uh yeah, like there's so much going on in here that seemed just unnecessary, like a good satellite going out of control causing weather. I mean causing all kind of natural disasters story. Like all right, that's definitely stretching credibility for sure. But they could have had fun with it. But then it's more about like people trying to kill the president and trying to use this satellite to cover that up. And so they're like trying to foil this assassination attempt while all this weather stuff's going on. And there's like a rocket launcher at some point. <laughs> it's like, wait, wasn't this supposed to be about weather? Like a disaster movie? Not just about like rocket launchers and shit. <laughs> no. Rock. None of it, none of it hangs together. And then like, I think I mentioned before to you that like, all this stuff happens at the end. Like, they finally get to the disaster stuff. There's, you know, all kind of disasters going on at once. There's, like, this huge tidal wave flood going on in the Middle East or something like that. Um, and, you know, it floods it. Skyscrapers are flooded up to, like, the 40th floor. And you're like, oh, shit, that looks bad. But they shut down the satellite. They just shut it down. And the water miraculously drains out. <laughs> just like they flushed it away. Because that's how, how that works. It's not like they even use the satellite to reverse things. No, they just shut it down. So I'm pretty sure all that water is going to just sit there. Huh. But they don't even try to explain why it's just all of a sudden flushing itself away. <laughs> Once things are started, Weird. I don't think you can necessarily just stop them by turning off the satellite. Once the storm front is in motion, you can't really do that. And you definitely can't just drain things <laughs> that are already flooded by turning off the weather <laughs> that was causing it. It's still going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So, the plot holes abound in this thing. And they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number nine uh, was a movie, again, I saw in January of last year, so I remember very little of it at this point. But Rings, the uh, the third movie in the Ring series, um, this thing got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Like, I think it was supposed to come out, it was October before, like around Halloween time. And basically they were like, yeah, let's just push it until next year sometime. Dump it in January. Because <laughs> guess, I guess they knew how bad it was going to be. And uh, it, it definitely lived up to that that uh, that hype because um, it was just bad. It has nothing really to do with the original almost anymore. I mean, it kind of did. It's the same tape essentially, but it's – and they kind of update it with the internet and stuff like that. And there's like a whole, a whole like college campus that's 
got the, one of the professors is doing some kind of, I don't know what you call it, even like a, not really an experiment, but he's got a whole group set up where they keep showing the video to more people so that they can pass the curse to them so that the other people won't die. But for some reason, they're terrible at that because people still keep missing the window and then dying. So it, I, I don't know. And it just it didn't hold together at all. Like it, it was just a terrible horror movie. <laughs> there was some kind Wait, of like so a you, twist that. I'm pretty sure you you <laughs> had to die. Wasn't that that was that was the thing? Is you were going to die? It didn't matter if you passed it, right? At least from what I remember, I thought you no matter what, you can't just cast it on. You're just going to die. I think there was something like that. If you showed it to somebody else, then it would pass it to them. Huh. And maybe I'm just totally – maybe that was something they brought about in the second movie or something like that. Maybe. I don't even remember how she got rid of it in the first one. I just remember yeah. the thing was coming out I of just, the TV anyways, and it killed her boyfriend. Yep. Yep, it killed the boyfriend, and then it, I think it just kind of ends after that. <laughs> or maybe, oh, maybe you have to make it, was it if you made a copy? Oh, Because then she's, like, yeah. making a copy right. of the tape. Then you can live. Yeah, I think that's maybe what it was. Yeah. And they're just basically copying the file in this movie, I think, and like sending it to people. I guess that's what did it. That's what kept them alive. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. That could have been a somewhat interesting premise, but it just didn't hang together at all. And uh, I remember there's some some weird thing. They kind of started investigating the whole Smart thing again, and it just kind of was like, let's add more things to a mythology that was already solved in the first one. It's just like, no one needs this. <laughs> we already know everything we need to know. Yeah. So Weird. that was bad. Uh, number eight was a Stephen King adaptation of The Dark Tower. Oh, this is bad, huh? Yeah, with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Like, I mean, people were already having their uh, <laughs> their spidey senses tingling when it was announced that the movie was only like an hour and 45 minutes long. And it's based on like a book series that's probably like, you know, seven books or something like that. They're all billions and billions of pages. Well, not billions and billions, but, you know, several hundred pages. Stephen King books are fairly thick. And uh, so this movie was only a scant hour and 45 minutes, and it definitely feels it. Like, it feels like this could have been a cool world, but they just skimmed so quickly that it just kind of wasn't anything. It just was barely a movie. (laughs) It didn't really hang together much at all. Matthew McConaughey was kind of having fun, but... Just it, it did not work, and I think they were talking about maybe doing like this movie, and then they would do be a TV series or something, and then another movie and that type of thing, and it would kind of go back and forth between the two. But this movie did so poorly that I can't see that happening. <laughs> like I don't know why Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba would be. Like, well, kind of broke up there. Not sure where you went, but. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I can hear you. There you go. 
Yeah, I don't know. Just not good. <laughs> they needed to, uh, it probably should have just been a TV series. Um, they could have actually fleshed stuff out and actually, you know, built towards something and it would have actually probably made a lot more sense. But yeah. fortunately they just tried to do it in, in one short movie and didn't work out. Uh, number seven is The Snowman. Uh, which this oh, one hurts yeah. because when I started seeing trailers for this, I was so in. Like, I love a good, like, serial killer movie, especially ones that are kind of in that 90s vein of, like, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs or Seven or something like that. And this is very much what this felt like from the trailer. I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet. This is going to be cool and dark and, like, fucked up and stuff like that. But really, then you see the movie and it, it's just so badly done. Like, <laughs> there are flat out scenes just missing where it's just like, what? how did you go from that to that? Like, and then the director even came out and said, like, I think the week that the movie came out, I was like, yeah, uh, we didn't get to really totally finish filming everything that we meant to. <laughs> they were just in such a rush to get the thing into the theater that we didn't get to, you know, film some of the scenes, probably like 20% of the scenes we were going to film just didn't get done. <laughs> well, what probably hurt it the most is Michael Fassbender. Oh, you take that back. <laughs> He is a good actor. Uh. <laughs> I appreciate your silence. <laughs> it, uh, I just don't like him in anything. Ah, <laughs> I like him. He's pretty good in most things. This, I mean, he couldn't save it. I don't think anybody could. And uh, there's just weird things in this movie, like... I guess Val Kilmer, I feel bad for Val Kilmer because apparently he had, like, throat cancer or something recently. Um, So he's got, you know, I don't know if if he was recovering from that during this movie or what happened, but he's in a bunch of flashbacks in this movie, and they horribly dub his voice the entire time. So it's clearly not his voice. It's somebody else doing the voice and trying to dub it, which just is horribly distracting. And those flashbacks seemed Jeez. unnecessary, so it's like you probably should have just cut these out or got in another actor, something like that. <laughs> like, it didn't need to be Val Kilmer, that's for sure. It's, it was not much of a part. It was very just, like I said, it was flashbacks that kind of didn't matter in the long run. Um, there was just a whole subplot lines that didn't really go anywhere, and you're like, why was that even there? <laughs> Plus the uh, the killer's whole like motive or his whole like calling card basically is he'll kill people and like cut their heads off and take the heads and put like a snowman head on top of their body and stuff like that and use like coffee grounds uh, for like the eyes and the mouth and all that stuff. But by, every time by the cops by the time the cops get there, the you know the snowman heads melted <laughs> and there's just kind of kind of coffee grounds all over the place. So it's like, well, why even bother? <laughs> That's very stupid. <laughs> Who are you doing this for? Just to entertain yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and there's always like, you'll always see these snowmen pop up at the scene of the crime that he made. They all have this like specific face on them. And like half the time they're in places that like nobody would ever see them. So it's like, well, again, why would he do that? That's just there for us in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's not for anybody else. 
<laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so this this I felt like it could have been a good movie, but they just they missed the mark. <laughs> and apparently I heard this later on that uh this whatever the detective <laughs> I think his name is Harry Hole, which <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That in and of itself is funny. Um, but I think there's like a bunch of, you know, he's got a whole series of novels essentially. And this was like the seventh one of those or something like that. So it's like, well, if you're going to ma- start making movies about this character, you should probably start earlier on. <laughs> not like the seventh one in the series. <laughs> it's yeah. usually not a good idea. <laughs> so... Sad, sad. But Harry dropped Hole. the bomb this one. Harry Hole. <laughs> He's got that Harry Hole. <laughs> uh, number six. Oh, this was this was just awful all the way around. Um, this is a movie I don't think most people have heard of, and with good reason. Uh, this is a movie called Beatrice at Dinner. Sounds pretty good so far. Yeah. <laughs> Starring uh, Salma Hayek is like the main star. Um, it's got, I forget, Chloe Sevigny is in there. John Lithgow for sure. He's like a a big, big part of this. Um, it was very independent and very just stupid. Like Salma Hayek is like this, um, you know, like a Spanish hippie type almost, where she's like a, um, she does like massages and that kind of thing. She takes care of a lot of animals. Like she's got a couple of goats and stuff like that. She's very, very attached to her goats and stuff like that. Always like, and one of her goats recently died. So she's really upset about that. And she, you know, she's one of these earthy types who's all in like holistic medicine and all this kind of shit. And, uh, so she's giving massages, uh, to one of her clients one day and her car won't start. So she ends up getting stuck there waiting for, you know, one of her friends to come pick her up. And the the couple is, they're going to have a big dinner party for like the guy's boss that night. So they're like, Oh, why don't you just stay for dinner? You know, you can come to this dinner party with, with my boss type thing and we'll all have dinner together. It'll be great. And so she, she stays cause she really can't go anywhere. She's got to wait for her friend to pick her up. And uh, the boss is John Lithgow, who's just, you know, he's like her complete opposite, where he's just a big, you know, rich asshole type guy who doesn't care anything about people or anything or their feelings, anything like that. So it's just like, oh, these two are a total mismatch, blah, blah, blah. Like, look at them interact. Isn't that crazy? Um, And it's just, it's so heavy handed and so stupid and just. I couldn't stand anything that was happening in this movie. And then it ends with basically like she ends up kind of freaking freaking out on the guy and like the family's just kinda of like, Oh yeah, you should probably go. Like so she leaves kind of like tail between her legs type thing. And she just ends up going like I think she basically ends the movie going into the ocean and I guess she just kinda of kills herself <laughs> so that she could be with her goat. It's like, uh, what the fuck was the point of this? It was the weirdest ending I've ever seen. It didn't make any sense. (laughs) That's dumb. But it sounds intriguing. Yeah, it was. (laughs) 
it was just, oh, man. It was tough. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't, like, overly long. It was at least somewhat short, but, Jesus, it was It was one of those things where it's like, why is this in the theaters? <laughs> I don't even understand. If this was on Netflix, Ugh. I would have turned it off long ago. <laughs> would have been like, nope. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Number five. Oh, number five was a movie called The House. I don't know if I've heard of this one either. You might have. It was a Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler movie. Basically like oh. a comedy. Yeah, where they yes. open a uh, like a casino in their house, <laughs> essentially. Um, and their, tr- their daughter's like going to college and they got to try to get money so that she can go because like her scholarship got denied or whatever. So they're trying to scramble to make money so that she can go to college like they always promised her. And so they basically with their friend, Jason Manzukis, who, I mean, he's great. I mean, as much as he can be. <laughs> um, but yeah. they start their own casino essentially and they're trying to you know make all this money, but it's illegal. So they got to keep it on the down low, all that kind of stuff. It just, it was, again, not funny, and mostly because it really felt like they were trying to improv most of the scenes, which was not a smart idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll just do the scene, and something funny will happen, and, you know, it'll be good. But nope, nothing, nothing funny did happen. <laughs> and they just felt, you know, I hate that style that they're starting to do more of nowadays. Where it's kind of like the scenes just go on way too long and they're just kind of doing things, but it's not really leading to anything. There is no punchline. There's nothing. It's just, hey, we're just kind of making stuff up. Isn't this, isn't this going to be funny? Like, And usually it ends up not being that at all. Damn. <laughs> so that was a tough one to sit through. Um, just, Yeah. When you make a comedy that's not funny, that's that's definitely good enough to get you on this list. Which, unfortunately, is most comedies <laughs> these days. <laughs> Seems like rarely are they actually making funny comedies nowadays. They didn't know. <laughs> it's not their style. It's not their style. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> Uh, number four was Birth of the Dragon. This was, um, it's kind of, it's ostensibly supposed to be like a Bruce Lee, uh, not biopic per se, but a a look on an event in his life kind of type thing where he had this big rivalry, I guess, in the 60s with this other, um, this other Chinese like martial artist guy who had been, he was uh, some kind of a monk type thing, you know, and he came to the U S after kind of being exiled uh, because he made a mistake over there. And so he came to the States and he was just kind of like Bruce Lee was all fancy and all Hollywood and that kind of thing. Like this guy kind of called him out for being, uh, you know, not taking uh, Kung Fu seriously and not taking the tenets of it to heart and treat like he didn't like that he was teaching white people kung fu um that's frowned upon like this is our religion basically you shouldn't be teaching it to white people so the two of them i guess had a bit of a beef Uh, it was mostly bruce lee just being a dick and calling this guy out (laughs) 
<laughs> and so eventually they had like a secret fight like between the two of them where it's like, all right, we're going to put our moves to the test against each other. Um, we don't want the press around. So I guess in real life, nobody really even knows what happened to this fight to this day because they kept it so so secret um, and very few people were in attendance and you can't really trust people's accounts, I guess, from what they've heard. So they kind of did a fictionalized version of this where you get to see, you know, the events leading up to this and then their, their fight and everything. <laughs> but the thing is like, this movie just went completely off the rails. Like it turns out to be more, uh, it's not so much about Bruce Lee as it is about this white guy who Bruce Lee was training, who ends up becoming a student of this other guy. Um, and I don't think this guy even really existed. <laughs> they just made him up for the movie. And it's more the story of him going between these two masters. And, like, he falls in love with, like, a Chinese woman who's, like, being held as a slave by, you know, the Chinese mafia. And so he's got to try to get her out of there so that they don't turn her into a prostitute. And eventually, at the yeah. end, after the big fight, <laughs> like, he has Bruce Lee and this other kung fu guy go with him to the Chinese mafia stronghold and it basically turns into a Bruce Lee movie where they're all fucking having a big kung fu fight against mobsters with guns and stuff like that and it's all just completely fucking stupid it's like well clearly none of this happened <laughs> this is a bunch of bullshit uh, so it's not pretty good <laughs> And there's all kind of, you know, like, uh, fucking, even in the fight itself, there's all kind of, like, wire work, like, bakes, like it's crutching tiger, hidden dragon. It's like, well, clearly, again, this, this didn't happen. <laughs> it's not real fighting. Um, I guess it was, I think it was a WWE Studios movie, which I guess explains it. <laughs> But, yeah, they just completely made stuff up, and it would have been, like, it's an interesting enough story where they could have done, like, a serious movie about this fight, and it would have been pretty good, but instead they decided to take it into, like, an old kung fu exploitation movie type thing and <laughs> have them taking on gangsters and shit, none of which ever really happened, so it was just, it was comedically over the top at how bad this thing was. What was the name of this one again? Uh, Birth of the Dragon. This kind of sounds familiar. I think this... Okay. I think... Uh, I, I want to say... <laughs> I think Bruce Lee's uh, family was, like, pretty pissed about it, too. And I can see why. <laughs> like yeah. You could have done a good movie about Bruce Lee, but no, you just got this weird fucking bullshit... That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, number three is a movie that I think actually came out prior to this. Um, I guess it was it's all with American actors, but I think it was filmed in Germany, so maybe it was already on certain streaming services as a German movie. I don't know, but it finally got a U.S. release officially last year called Friend Request. Um, this was a horror movie that was just terrible. <laughs> Um, I thought it, maybe it could be like unfriended a little bit, but it was not anything like that. It was just terrible. Um, I did not enjoy this one at all. It basically involves this, you know, like uh, this 
popular girl in college kind of befriends this misfit girl, and she the misfit girl starts kind of stalking her, so she unfriends her, and the girl like kills herself and starts haunting her as a ghost, that kind of thing, and like driving away all her <laughs> friends, killing them, and posting sick shit of you know like here's a photo of that person's death on this the popular girl's like uh facebook that type thing so that everyone's like what the fuck's wrong with you why did you post that and she like eventually loses all her friends too now and it's just like oh it's some weird cycle but it it's like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) like so did this happen to that other girl somehow i i don't understand i don't know sounds legit so far what was that one movie with the guy? <laughs> the guy was like uh, kind of like doing the Tinder thing, and he is uh, runs into a girl that's just like completely chaotic. Hmm. I remember. Uh, I don't know if that came out yet, but I remember seeing something about this movie. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. Doesn't sound. Is it interesting? I mean, it kind of sounds like catfish, scary. but. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not catfish because that was just like <laughs> an actual thing. Yeah, <laughs> but in a movie form, hmm. I mean, I'm sure people must have done that a couple of times by now, but as popular as Tinder is. Tinder movie. Oh man. God, I can't remember Worst. the stupid name of this movie. <laughs> Worst Tinder date ever? <laughs> Seems no. like that's a romantic comedy. Um, <clears throat> Tinder horror movie. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. Bad Match? Oh, maybe that's what it is. I think that's what it was. Oh, 2017. Tinder horror movie. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It sounds very familiar. Hmm. I don't think that ever got like a big release, but if it ever pops up on the old Netflix, I'll probably probably watch it. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting concept, because that, <laughs> that's some scary, that's scary business. <laughs> yep. Got to watch yourself on them tenders. Yep. That's why I stick to chicken tenders. It's totally safer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's an E involved. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number two. Oh, number two um, was a movie called Valley of Bones. Uh, this is oh. another movie. I, I don't know why I saw this. I really shouldn't have. <laughs> they were showing it at the Imagine Theater. I had never heard of it. And I just kind of was like, all right, fucking, I'll go check it out. There's something else coming out this week, really. So I'll I'll go watch it. Uh, this should not have been in theaters. It was a waste <laughs> of space. <laughs> uh, super low budget. Clearly no major actors you'd, you'd recognize. Um, it's all about basically uh, like a paleontologist type uh, woman who I believe her husband um, was killed by a rattlesnake type thing. He got bit uh, or something like that. And 
now she's got a son she's kind of raising and she's going on this dig to look for dinosaur bones and somehow one of her people working for her gets in, mixed up with the mob and owes them a bunch of money so they decide they're going to take her dinosaur bones <laughs> I guess it's kind of a thriller you could call it but it's just so pointless and it's just like uh, whose dream was this like who was like oh man my dream project is to make this thing about mob people stealing dinosaur bones but it's completely bland and Nothing interesting at all happens. <laughs> oh, it sounds so good, though. <laughs> I just don't understand sometimes. Look how stuff like this gets off the ground. And then who thought it was a good idea? They're like, oh, yeah, this dinosaur script. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then she, then she's like either she or the little boy gets stung by a or bit by a rattlesnake. So it's like, oh, no going to happen again. <laughs> so dumb. I just, I hated everything about this. <laughs> I Damn. walked out very sad <laughs> about life in general. <laughs> I hope your number one is Star Wars. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it couldn't, I mean, there's parts of Star Wars I like, so it didn't make the good list, it didn't make the bad list, it's just somewhere in that vast, vast middle ground. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> it just kind of is what it is. I could definitely maybe I wish I could maybe I'll, by the time it comes out on DVD I'll buy like some editing software and just kind of <laughs> cut together my own version. It's probably only like an hour and 20 minutes long. That's <laughs> all the decent stuff. <laughs> Try to cut it in a way that makes sense. But cuts out Leia's whole space thing, cuts out basically all of Poe and or uh, Finn and <laughs> Rose, cuts them out all together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, definitely cut out some other stuff. I would like to do that just because I can get a good compact version that's watchable. <laughs> A lot of version <laughs> of The Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, but my number one, it's another movie that I didn't really know much going in. Um, I don't think I had seen a trailer. Just kind of saw that it was playing one day. I was like, it was like R-rated and it was billed as a thriller. I mentioned this on the LCS Hockey Show the other day. Uh, this is a movie called The Dinner. Um, starring Richard Gere. Um, Rebecca Hall, Laura Linney, and Steve Coogan. Um, it's basically like Richard Gere is like a p politician who's you know up for re-election as they always are. Um, and his br crazy brother Steve Coogan, um, they're all having dinner together to for some reason you don't totally know at the beginning of the movie. But Steve Coogan is just crazy and annoying. Like he's he, you can just tell from even when he's getting ready for this dinner, like he's just a fucking crazy guy who just rambles about stupid things and goes off on like political tangents all the time. And like he's obsessed with Gettysburg and they keep flashing back to him talking about Gettysburg and teaching about it. Or I think they go to Gettysburg at one point. It's like, I don't understand why you need to keep going to all this Gettysburg stuff. This has nothing to do with the movie. Um, <laughs> But basically, they all end up getting to this restaurant. They're going to have dinner. But pretty much, they never 
sit down to have dinner for the most part. It's mostly them getting called away from the table to do, deal with one thing or another or going on more flashbacks to other things that happened in the past. But essentially, you find out eventually, like most of the way to the movie, that this is all about um, basically their two kids were hanging out together, you know, the cousins, and they're they have a uh, one of the one of the couples, Richard Gere, had like an adopted black son. Um, so he, they kind of were picking on him. He went off. He was all mad, and the two cousins like uh, ended up finding like a homeless person living or kind of sleeping for the night inside of an ATM booth, uh, like one of those little yeah those little ones that are walled in that kind of thing. And so they basically start kicking the shit out of him and like pouring shit on him and start like basically light him on fire and kill this homeless guy. <laughs> and the adopted son basically videotapes them doing this whole thing. And now he says he's going to send it to the press and uh, to the police if they don't give him a bunch of money. So they're trying to figure out at this dinner, like what they're supposed to do about this situation and basically trying to figure out whether they should just give him the money or just confess or it's like crazy Steve Coogan's just like, oh, let's just, let's just kill this kid. <laughs> and just every person in this movie is a terrible person. Um, they're pretty much annoying as hell. Richard Gere is probably the the most likable and the most redeemable one. Uh, but even this, like, it's kind of like, okay, you can see how this is a bad situation. And there could be some decent, you know, plot derived out of this. But it focuses so much on other things and just weird flashbacks to to nonsense that it barely has anything to do with what it's actually supposed to be about. Um, and it's just – it's so unfocused and so terrible. And I, I could not wait to get out of this movie the entire time. Damn. <laughs> I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but I think it was based on a book or something, and maybe the book is better than this movie ended up being, but, I mean, it was just terrible. (laughs) Can't watch terrible people for that long that are not at least entertaining. (laughs) You can be a terrible person, but you got to at least be entertaining. (laughs) But you got to be entertaining. (laughs) Otherwise... I can't sit there and watch your movie. I just can't. (laughs) Pretty funny. Yeah, there it is. That's number one. Worst movie I saw last year. Um, That one still sticks with me as being terrible. I saw that probably in April or May of last year and still just jumps out at me as being terrible all these many months later. (laughs) It's crazy. Like, if I was you, I would have to definitely write these things down because one I would not be able to remember what movies I even saw in a year like last year <laughs> I couldn't tell you which movies I saw I saw a bunch of movies none of well a few of which come, came from 2017 but very few so I'd have to it's a good thing that you do that <laughs> or maybe you have a better memory than you'd be able to remember what came out but not this guy god damn not this guy well- luckily I do keep that list uh, of the movies I've seen in the theater anyway the Netflix ones, that's harder to remember. <laughs> I should yeah. probably keep track of that, too, but for some reason, I never do. That, okay. uh, that new Duncan Jones movie uh, is coming out, I think, I think later this month. 
That looks pretty good. They just started showing trailers for that the other day. It's going straight to Netflix. It should be pretty good. I don't even know I forget who Jones called. even is. Oh, he is David Bowie's son. What? <laughs> yeah. He's a director. He is uh, David Bowie's son. <laughs> he made oh, uh, the God. movie Moon, which is really good, and uh, Source Code. And less good, that terrible Warcraft movie. <laughs> oh. Well, kind of wish that one didn't come to existence. Yeah. I didn't see that movie. I think everyone does. I did, but Moon like and Source ben Code are pretty Foster. good. Mm, it's true. Like Can't go around with Ben Foster, except in Warcraft. That's fair. <laughs> Which actually I've never seen it, so maybe he's amazing in there, for all I know. Yeah, exactly. You are but. you little bird. <laughs> Maybe he's the best part. Yeah. I remember those orcs look terrible. I was like, Nope. Can't do this. I'm glad that it was based off <laughs> Warcraft one and not War World of Warcraft or whatever it's called. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would just be insane. Stick to the humans and the orcs. Yep. Yep, yep. Oh, no. Maybe the StarCraft movie will be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Don't think so. Is there a StarCraft (laughs) movie coming out? No, I don't think so. Kind of doubt it after Warcraft. I don't think the world could deal with that. Nope. <laughs> no one's ready for that spaghetti. I don't think you're ready for spaghetti. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at a little bit of Weird Al. Ah, yes. Let's do it. We're going to do, uh, we got an album this week, and then we got just one bonus song that we'll just kind of vote on whether that one should get in or not. I'm definitely going to vote yes. <laughs> but we'll get there. Because oh. um, now we're up to the year 1993. It's a good time. <laughs> the little album called Alapalooza. Um, and I just, I never put this together until now, but I didn't realize that this album came out in 1993 and so did Jurassic Park. So he must've written that song very quickly. <laughs> That's crazy. actually. Cause that movie came out in like the summertime. So he must've not had long. Dang. It's pretty good. <laughs> but that is our first song of the week. Um, this is kind of a thing he would do sometimes. I would guess I'd say the first um, first incident of this would be Yoda, where he kind of took like it wasn't a parody of like a current song like that all the kids were were into at the time. Um, it was more of an older song, but it was kind of a parody more about a current movie that was really popular, um, set to the tune of an older song. 
Um, there are definitely going to be some other ones like this in the future, um, but this is definitely a good example of that. Um, when he took the old song MacArthur Park and made Jurassic Park, um, that old song about leaving a cake out in the rain, <laughs> it's just yep. weird. But <laughs> I do love this song. I, uh, his version is very funny. Uh, it had a great video all done with claymation. Um, and here it is, Jurassic Park. You gotta love that Barney part. <laughs> yeah. If uh, in the music video for that song, uh, the T-Rex comes out and sees Barney and just bites his head right off. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever, ever seen Weird Al live, you know that everybody just cheers their head off when they see that part. <laughs> Whenever he does that song, because he plays the video in the background. When they get to that part where Barney gets eaten, people lose their shit. Yeah, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good stuff. It's a different time. <laughs> All right, well, our next one, this is one that you mentioned last week, when we, or last time we did the show, I should say. Um, this is another little medley, kind of like the Millie Vanilli one in the last album. But this time it was a medley of two different Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. Um... Oh. Under the Bridge. Yeah. And Give It Away. Uh, this song was called the Bedrock Anthem. Uh, I guess, um, I don't know if this was a theme like he had planned, like that there was going to be so many dinosaur-themed songs in this album. <laughs> With Jurassic Park and then the Bedrock Anthem. Maybe that was just what was on his mind at that time. But... This is really good. It's just kind of like it's got the under the bridge kind of opening. 
Um, and then it gets into Give It Away Now for the rest of the song, really. So it's it's a medley, but it's mostly that one. <laughs> More one than the other. Um, yeah. Here it is. We'll get a little bit of both in this clip here. Sometimes I feel like I need a vacation. Sometimes I feel like I want to go to the city of cavemen, the city of bedrock. I'd be a Flintstone, now I'll tell you Catchy chorus there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. This is uh overall this is a really strong album I would say, um, especially for parodies. It's it's got some good stuff on it for sure. Um, yeah, that's true. The next one is also pretty good, even though it's a terrible original song. The Weird Al version, I I can't help but enjoy it. <laughs> um, the next one on this album was uh, Weird Al's parody of a song that drove everyone crazy at this time, um, Achy Breaky Heart by Miley Cyrus's dad. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> and this was called Achy Breaky Song, and it was all about basically how what a terrible song that was. <laughs> And how he never wants to hear it again. A sentiment echoed, I think, by pretty much everyone. <laughs> and pretty much how I feel about every country song. <laughs> Please just get rid of them. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and here it is. Feeling. <laughs> yep. I stand by it. <laughs>
some Tiffany on a track or CD. Or scrape your fingernails across the board. Or tie me to a chair and kick me down the stairs. Just please don't play that stupid song no more. Don't play that song, that achy breaky song. You know I hate that song a bunch. And if you play that song, that nauseating song, it might just make me lose my lunch. That one cut out quickly. <laughs> yep. And it suddenly happened. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Must have forgot to hit the old fade out on that one. <laughs> I'm just kind of, up. Oh, it's done. <laughs> Hits the yeah. mark and then bam, out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, but I like that song. <laughs> it's pretty funny. All the all the bands he'd rather hear rather than hear any more Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Or even rather be kicked down the stairs. <laughs> oh, classic. I wish I, I, I wonder if he's ever told the story about like how he approached Billy Ray Cyrus about that song. I know. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, how did that conversation happen? <laughs> What's it about? Oh, you know. Oh, I wish your song would never get played again because it's so terrible. <laughs> but it's it's from a place of love. <laughs> Come from a place of love. <laughs> oh, God. Good times. All right. And there's yeah. one more parody. One more parody on this album. And then there was a polka. Um, but again, we're not talking about the polkas, but that polka was weird. Um, cause it was the one time where it was not a medley of songs. Uh, it was the Bohemian polka, whereas you can probably imagine it was basically just Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> just done as a polka. Yeah. <laughs> but the other parody, um, was a parody of the Aerosmith song. Uh, it was big at the time called living it on the edge. Uh, Weird Al's version was called Living in the Fridge, obviously because he loves singing about food. <laughs> and will do so whenever he can. <laughs> yep. And here it is.
such a good song, man. I know. Like, all of these are good. Like, there's not a single one where I'm like, oh, that's a stinker. <laughs> he dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's a good album. Yeah. It's got some, some good stuff on there. Um, So I don't even know how we picked the <laughs> the top three out of those. <laughs> one of them's got to get I, cut, I'm I guess. I almost want. So, what are the three again? So, we got the Red Hot Chili Peppers one. Yep. Um, Jurassic Park. And Achy Breaky Song. I would say Living in the Fridge. Song, cut that one. <gasps> what? Well, we have to cut one about of them. That. I feel like that, that, one, <laughs> that one's the, the, the one that doesn't fit the most. <laughs> hmm. What is what are you suggesting here? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I love that song because it's so funny <laughs> and so mean spirited, well, which makes it so good. <laughs> um, man, I mean Jurassic Park's got to go in there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a great. That has to happen. Yeah, it's just an epic one right there. So that one's safe. Um, man. And Living in the Fridge, I have to say, is safe, man. That's such a great song. It's <laughs> such an amazing reincarnation of that song. It's such a creative way of doing it. It's true. And there are a lot of lines where it's like, oh, that parallels the original so nicely. Like, he made that fit so well. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Um, I mean, maybe the Bedrock Anthem has to get cut. What? <laughs> I don't feel good about that. I don't. Oh, but in terms of, like, dude. pure comedy... I think a Yankee song beats it. Whereas it, Flintstones one is it's great the way he fit it, but it's mostly just naming things from the Flintstones. I guess so. Oh my god, that's such a good song. <laughs> I know. It's, this is a real first real pickle we've had so far. You're making me feel dirty. Um, Shit I guess we can get rid of The Flintstones one I'm not very happy about it I know I'm not happy about any of these having to go (laughs) This is a really strong Bunch of parodies I think I feel like the next two albums are gonna. Oh, definitely the next one's probably gonna have some tough ones too. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right there. Shit. Um. I guess let's just get rid of Bedrock. I mean, I kind of agree with you as far as comedy goes. That's just. I don't yeah, want to say that, but I know I feel I feel a bit terrible. 
for the Bedrock Anthem. If you were on any other album, you'd be in for sure. That's very true. The luck of them draws. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, the one bonus one. Because um, this one, it doesn't really have an album to go with it. So it's just kind of its own floater. So we'll just kind of figure out whether or not it's going to go in. Um, obviously, I already mentioned that I'm going to vote yes on this one. Because <laughs> it's one of my favorite Weird Al songs. This was from the uh, the Greatest Hits Volume 2 CD that Weird Al put out in 1994. Um, basically it was all, you know, greatest hits, but then there was one new song put on there and that was this one, uh, a little song called headline news, which was a parody of mm, 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 by the crash test dummies, <laughs> which yep. is just a fun one to say. <laughs> um, this was a great song, basically taking all the kind of a lot of big national news stories at the time. Uh, a lot of stories that it's kind of crazy that all these happened around the same time because these were huge. And these like were things that people talked about for a long time. Um, stuff like the Nancy Kerrigan thing, Tanya Harding, all that stuff, and uh, the Lorena Bobbitt thing, <laughs> which we'll definitely be hearing about here. Um, so this was a great song, Headline News, and here it is. I love how he makes. <laughs> I love how he does all the sound effects, like in, in with the melody for that song. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> that guy with the fart hands. Like, I love that guy. I wish he would be on more Weird Al songs nowadays. I feel like he doesn't get used nearly enough. Yeah. 
Well, not even just that guy. It's like the when they're doing like the sound effects for like uh, the girl uh, or like, <laughs> like it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that definitely amps it up to a whole other level. <laughs> and obviously, this song came out when I was like 11, 12 years old. So a song where it's like, and then he made some made his wife so mad one night that she cut off his wiener it was probably just the funniest thing I'd ever heard at that point. <laughs> I laughed and laughed. <laughs> uh, your sense of humor is, I don't think has ever changed No It really hasn't <laughs> It's always stayed exactly the same <laughs> I'm okay with that <laughs> That's fair <laughs> All right, well, I obviously vote thumbs up. How say you? Yeah. Yeah, this one definitely has to go on. This is the one that, like, we listened to, like, crazy when we were younger, so. Yeah. Got a great video. <laughs> the guy wakes up yep. and finds his wiener's gone, and he's looking through the fridge. <laughs> Pulls out, like, a pack of hot dogs. hot dogs. It's like, no, not quite. <laughs> 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 oh man and I like how Weird Al does the voice like he tries to get as close as he can to the, the crash test dummies guy with his crazy like yeah. uber deep voice <laughs> that is pretty good I think he nailed it <laughs> it's pretty pretty solid all the way through alright well that's the Weird Al for this week next week we'll begin to uh, one of one of the one of the best ones, in my opinion, Bad Hair Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a real rough one. Oh, I know. <laughs> it really will be. I know one offhand that will not make the cut, <laughs> but the other cut's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. There's, I don't know which one there's one, I think, that we'll be but... in agreement on. Not making it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But all right, sounds good. Can't wait to hear it next time. Might involve a trip to the dentist. I'm not sure. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll find that out next time. The original gangster. <laughs> the original gangsters. All right, everybody. Well, well do I you want to tell much... some stories or launch into some board oh. games or anything like that? Oh, board games, actually. Yeah, actually, I so I played a board game last night. I can talk about that. Um, so I've told you, Kevin, about a game called Pandemic, which you go around just trying to cure diseases. Well, last night, mm-hmm. uh, I played for the first time Pandemic Legacy, which is a legacy-style board game which what that means is it takes place over numerous games. But the cool and interesting and unique part about this is you'll be placing stickers on the board and stickers on the cards. You'll be uh, carrying cards. Like I ate uh, about a third of a card yesterday. It was quite delicious. Um, uh, (laughs) Some of the cards have like the lottery things where you have to scratch, uh, you know, the scratch off things on them. Uh, there's boxes that you open and you'll be introducing new parts to the game. 
there's new characters Ooh. that become available throughout the game. Oh man, it's it's pretty cool. We tried this. Oh man, probably about three weeks ago, and we were dedicated in at least winning the first game. And the first game, uh, you play it like normal pandemic, and we lost three mm-hmm. times. So yesterday I was very <laughs> hesitant in going over because I did not want, I didn't want to play, and we didn't want to continue like actually push forward through the game unless we won at least the first game, and then we'll we'll start playing the game for real. So we're playing this game yesterday, and we came up with this insane strategy of playing the game um, and then uh, pretty much just optimizing every move that we possibly could to play the stupid game. And we beat it. We beat it, and I was like, oh, sweet. This is so cool. We can finally go to the next month. And it takes place over 12 months or 12, 12 games, and you only get one shot mm-hmm. of losing, which means that the game at the very longest will go on for 24 games, and that's if you've lost every single game. So um, we're playing this yesterday, and uh, we win the first game, and we start going through stuff. And Sean's uh, my coworker. He's like, "Yeah, I'm trying. You know, uh, Pete, you mind reading some of the rules to figure out what we win?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So this is the stuff that we get, and we're going to be changing a couple things on the board. And then I'm looking at this what is called the legacy deck, and there's stop signs throughout this deck, and you're supposed to stop and only flip that card over when certain criteria is met. And I'm like, Sean, you've been in control of this legacy deck. Why does it say that during the first game in the middle of it, we're supposed to flip this over, and you haven't done so? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I, I was like, Sean, you know we could have probably won many of these games from that first day if we flipped this card over. Because it says that we have to cure four diseases is the normal game, but there was, uh, it, it was made harder by putting in this additional card. So uh, I was like, man, this game's like impossible. Like I, I, I would never play this game with five epidemics, but it's telling us to do so. And then in halfway in the game, it tells us we only have to cure three of the diseases. And I was like, Sean, are you kidding me, dude? Well, oh, man, I didn't know. So they dedicated what? me being the... Uh, the legacy deck master. So now I go through all that stuff and I make sure that it's all being done correctly instead of (laughs) infinite wisdom of making the entire table angry. Um, I will say this though. I was hesitant in going in yesterday because I did not want to play this game. I like pandemic, but losing three times in pandemic is not fun. And then uh, playing, playing through the game and not really doing what, the game wants you to do like because the, the the charm of the legacy version is to open up new stuff get really new things and sticker stuff and apparently eat cards so i was like all right i'm really really excited for this um let's let's go through so um we played it those three times and we lost so he called me over yesterday and i was like man i yeah i'll come over i'm not excited but i'm glad that we actually won we won both of our games so we're already technically in march now so I'm pretty excited to see how the rest of this pans out because it's pretty fun, actually. Because it does change it up quite a bit, and you really have to think on your feet for the next game. So I'm I'm excited. Damn. How long does each game usually take? Well, normally in my uh, experience, it takes about an hour. But <laughs> good God, there's, there's two people that play it, and they're both simultaneously. Well, coincidentally, not simultaneously. Uh, but they're both coincidentally named Sean. And those guys think. <laughs> those two guys 
think about everything, and they're thinking about four or five turns ahead of the game. And I'm like, oh, God, just play the game. Just play the game. He's like, well, we need to figure out. And they're, they're like, the one Sean is a, a math teacher, so he, he's card counting. And I was like, oh, just play oh. the game. He's like, well, you're going you're gonna to be <laughs> drawing an epidemic either this turn or next turn. I'm like, I don't care. Because either way, I'm going <laughs> to smile and laugh, and you guys are all going to be angry when I get that. And I'm going to be laughing at you. And I'll be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the game got harder now. So just stop card counting. But he just kept doing it. And then he would mess up his card counting, and I couldn't stop laughing after that. Oh, it was fun. <laughs> but Sam's Legacy is a lot of fun for sure. I think uh, – Nice. I think it's fun to play with a group of people because it's definitely one of those thinky thinking games. Can you unlock Dexter Holland as a character so he can cure diseases with all of his genetics know-how? You know, it's weird because I mentioned him yesterday. Um, <laughs> he was talking. Uh, no he was talking about AIDS and how we need a doctor for that. I was like, oh man, I wish we had the offspring. And Sean's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, he's the lead singer. He's got a PhD, and I think he's studying about how to try to cure AIDS. He's like, one of the weirdest things ever. I was like, it is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> so I support it. It is. <laughs> he's doing that, and he also has a hot sauce company. <laughs> what the correlation is between those two, I don't know. <laughs> Hollandaise sauce. He's trying to make a sauce so hot that it burns the AIDS right out of you. That's what that's what that's what we all need. That's what I'm talking about. AIDS. <laughs> you might want to change that name. <laughs> People might be a little wary. I want to put some of that AIDS sauce on my wings. That way, I can get rid of AIDS. Are you sure it's getting rid of AIDS? Oh yeah. It's rid of AIDS. <laughs> oh god. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> they are the best of times. All right. Well, that's about it, though. Um, well, everybody, hopefully you have a good rest of your uh, your Sunday weekend time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you have a good Super Bowl, safe Super Bowl, and a happy Valentine's Day. I don't think I'm going to be – Man, we got seventy five percent chance that I might be able to do a podcast next weekend. Uh, I don't know if I told you oh. have. Yeah. Um, so if I've the got, government stays shut really? down, we might have a show. <laughs> oh no, God, I hope so. I love it when the government shuts <laughs> down because that happened two years ago, and that or actually that was longer than that. Jeez, that was two thousand and fourteen, maybe. I think it shut down. Yeah. Oh, it was spectacular when it did. Oh, did I didn't have to go to drill then either? <laughs> Um, so I'm really hoping, I've got my fingers crossed for a sweet, sweet government shutdown, and yes, I know it affects some families, but it affects my family most of all, and the family of me and my gummy <laughs> bears, and I just really, really, really hope that uh, I get that shut down, because I just don't want to go to drill next weekend, because we're going to be in the stupid field. Yep. So. Uh, all right. All right. Well. My name is Ke- or Peter Jenks. That's Kevin Jenks. Hope you guys have a great <laughs> rest of the weekend. Thanks for listening. This is the original Jenksters. And remember always to flip that 